Lakers bubble trouble, UFC 252 recap, and the boys of summer might become the boys in the bubble. Time to sideline the agenda. Welcome to Sideline the Agenda, sports podcasting done right. My name is Scott, with me is Kevin and Chris. UFC crowns a champ, Lakers lose to Lillard, and we've got Farrah coming up. But first, considering we have seen recently in sports, considering what we've seen recently in sports, it has become abundantly clear that professional sports leagues are no longer concerned with the entertainment value of their product. They have aligned themselves with political agendas and have used their platform to promote them shamelessly. No other league personifies this more than the NBA. When COVID-19 migrated its way to North America, the NBA was the first to shut down operations. They set a precedent and soon thereafter, the entire country followed suit. In coordination with Disney, the NBA constructed a quarantine zone, a safe space, a bubble at Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando, Florida. There, the league could have complete control of its residents. No one is allowed in or out without approval. Meals are prepared and packaged in advance, and everyone inside is continuously tested, and there are consequences if you happen to miss a test. If any of this is sounding similar to a prison, it's because it is. All in the name of safety, of course. NHL constructed their own bubble up in Toronto, Canada. Both the NFL and Major League Baseball are considering a bubble-like environment for postseason play. The Dallas Cowboys players, coaches, and staff will set up their summer home at the five-star Omni Hotel next to the Cowboys practice facility to help their fight against COVID-19. So why should any of us be concerned with this? Well, just as the NBA set a precedent for lockdown, we may soon see a bubble come to a city near you. Think it can't happen? We might see a time where schools, universities, cities, and even states set up bubbles and restrict their citizens' movement to protect them. Last week, New York City's mayor, Bill de Blasio, launched checkpoints located at bridge and tunnel crossings to intercept cars from states where coronavirus is still a problem. Visitors are made to fill out health forms and must quarantine for 14 days. We have an authoritarian's dream and a freedom-loving individual's nightmare. So we are highlighting this bubbling issue here today to sideline it. We hope that you will join us and hopefully together we can burst their bubble. So guys, what do you make of the bubble approach to sports and its praise for its effectiveness? Is the praise justified or is there another agenda afoot? Yeah, there is a massive agenda afoot here. Uh, One of the main goals that that we're doing here is pointing out that indeed in sports it's not just about the sport any longer it's about pushing political agendas it's another pawn in the game of of these political organizations these these mega corporations how they want to steer the world and it's it's almost intimidating covering a topic like this because i really want to do it justice really want to, to emphasize the importance of this particular issue because you you may think that it's just a silly sport. It's not really going to have any effect on your life, but it is, it absolutely is. Uh, uh, To, to the point in the, in the opening statement, um, the NBA set the precedent to lock down. They were the first thing to shut down. It's not a coincidence that that happened. It was planned. It it was part of the agenda. Um, Now they are also the first one that started this bubble. And oh, it's 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 a bubble. It's it's so playful. It's it's so friendly. It's so non-threatening. It's what kids play around with. You know, they blow bubbles. They they're they're cool things. They they they're fun. They're happy. Uh, No, it's a quarantine zone. That that's what it is. It's a quarantine zone. You don't go in. You don't go out. You are a prisoner. You are locked down in there. And uh, again, in the statement, we said. It could be coming to a city near you, universities, schools. Uh, You might only have a limited uh, uh, amount of um, space or uh, places where you can go. And if you think that this can't happen, it's actually happening. It's it's already happening. We've got an example here uh, that just popped up in the news. A university in Michigan. Let me find the tab here. Michigan's Albion College. Students cannot leave a four and a half mile COVID bubble, 
quarantine zone. They can't go outside of a four and a half mile zone. They all have enforced tracking on their phones. So they know if you go outside your, your, your quarantine zone, and if you go outside of that zone, you can and will be suspended. Also in that part of the package is you only have certain places you can go for commerce. You can only go and eat at certain places. You can only go and buy hmm. at certain markets. So there is, this is a authoritarian's dream, as we said in the opening statement, uh, the, the power grab that's going on with here. If you can tell people where they can and can't eat, where they can and can't buy, where they can and can't go without permission, that this is ridiculous. This bubble needs to get burst now. We're seeing the Major League Baseball pick up on this. We're seeing the NFL pick up on this. And this is why it's so important to not, all, all the boycotters out there, it's important to important to still keep a, a, an eye on these sports and see what's going on in there because it's useful as far as the propaganda and, and what's being pushed. Because if you're just off in your own world, I mean, maybe you're only paying attention to what's on the news as far as politics goes and you don't pay attention to what's going on in sports. If you're paying attention to both, you can really kind of form a better view of what's going on in reality and what's getting pushed because the people that tend to be sports fans may not be involved in the in the politics side. So they right. kind of think that most people are on one side or the other so that they can get people on this side and they can get people all over here different ways. But when you're involved in both and you've got an eye on both, you can really start to put the whole puzzle together and you can really piece things together. It, again, it's no coincidence that the NBA was the first to, to set that precedent. Um, yeah, it, it's it's not a bubble. It's it's not a fun, cute little thing. It's a quarantine zone, and, and again, uh, this is what we want to point out here. Where we were actually talking about this weeks ago. We we I had a, a post a few weeks ago mentioning, hey, are we going to see a bubble coming to a city near you? Just thinking like, oh, you know, maybe it's just a weird conspiracy theory. Maybe it actually won't come out. I, I'm just going to throw the thought out there. But no, it's it's here. It's happening. Yeah. And, it's and schools are already implementing this. You know, what's amazing to me is that it, it, like you're saying, NBA has completely been like the testing ground for for a lot of things, um, and the bubble is definitely one of them. Um, you don't, you ironically really don't hear them talk and praise the NHL. I don't know if the NHL bubble has been effective or not. I'm assuming it has been, but it's it's all about the NBA. And I think it's worth pointing out there's a reason for that, and it's because of the demographic. It's young people, uh, typically uh, uh, young urban folk who like to watch basketball. Um, Big cities. That's what I mean when I say urban folk. Thank you for clarifying that. I mean cities, metropolitan areas, yeah. you know, and, and, and dense populations. Dense yeah. populations, exactly. And uh, also an impressionable, uh, a formable, a moldable demographic uh, to get them used to a concept of 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 this bubble model, you know, a you know, controlling a a a, a space, a, a city. A state, like I said, even with uh, Mayor Bill de Blasio attempting this, I mean, a, a fool's errand is what it's turned out to be. I mean, uh, trying to to pull over people with out-of-state plates, um, you know, is, has just been an impossible task. But nonetheless, the effort was made. I think it's uh, I think it's an interesting thing that the NBA specifically has kind of been the 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 the, the example for 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 those and and the the uh the pieces that i've read have have been plenty that have praised the um just the success of this this bubble method and and you know the, the suggestions are always then put you know pre that that these other leagues should follow suit and and also they'll they'll almost um you know uh uh, uh They'll talk about how Major League Baseball. They'll lament the fact that Major League Baseball hasn't done this, um, and yeah. <laughs> it's it's just it's a crazy thing to me because I think about the whole uh, coronavirus as well, and the fact that you have this 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 virus that is you know completely new, completely contagious, completely in my belief created uh, in a lab. Um, and the, the the likelihood of most people, you know, getting this on a long enough timeline is is pretty pretty high, 
And it's all, all this protection has been set up, understandably so to an extent, from keeping people from getting it. But in, in, in the news, when, when, when you hear in the news with, uh, with uh, uh, players and whatnot getting it, it's always that, oh, you know, 14 players from the St. Louis Cardinals have the coronavirus, uh, you know, six players off of the Chicago Cubs, you know, but they're always they typically come back in like a week or two. You know, they're, they're as far as I know, they're 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 healthy. They're fine. I know that uh, people will bring up the statistics, which are extremely small of those that might have permanent or lasting lung issues. But from like I said, from, from what I understand, that's that's a that's a, you know, a, a minute percent. Um, so yeah, it's, I mean, it's interesting to me mm-hmm. that uh, yeah. that they talk about the, the headline is that, oh, these people have gotten the coronavirus, but they, they never it's not like. They never recognize it. Oh, they're better. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like when it's so, so yeah, is this cases, really a threat? Cases, is cases. this even a threat to these athletes? It's seemingly it's not. Um, you know, of course, you can make the case for staff, coaches, whatever people who are at risk. But if you're at serious health risk, then you should you should opt out. You shouldn't even be around. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, if, if I may, I kind of disagree and agree with you, both of you guys here. Um, I'm disagreeing on the simple fact that the. Uh, the longevity um, symptoms, um, they they may last for a lot longer than what we know. We have never encountered this. Um, they're saying that some symptoms of, of people, they, they lose uh, the taste of smell and taste of taste. Um, and then also you had just mentioned um, a lung infection. Um, and they are saying that some, some in some cases they may be permanent, that they don't ever come back, which would mean a huge crisis with our health. Obviously, we need every single one of the senses. Um, I also would like to disagree as well because I think we should have more bubbles, guys. <laughs> I was thinking that every conference should have a bubble, should have a home a home um, field or home stadium where you know these games can be played and everybody in the same conference or league um, can go to this one stadium to sort out that conference and they can play there in a safe environment. I think the NBA, um, they started, they, they saved the season. Let's be honest here, guys. They saved the season by going to the bubble and roughly, uh, I, I mean, um, quite frankly, they, I mean, they're still be able to play. Um, seems like in a safe environment, we did mention and point out that there will be some chippiness out on the court. We are seeing that a lot of people aggravated some attitudes, but um seems to be going without a hitch. Um, I will say that with what Chris was saying, um, the technology behind uh, the control in which if we have a pursuing um, future of bubble making, environment um, making, and and obviously that's going to be a huge problem to where, you know, we're going to have to be very, very, very careful what we're getting ourselves into. Um, I'd like to point out, uh, I read a article on Wall Street Journal uh, about the 2018 NFL and um, they said time for NFL games roughly on average about three hours it seems about right about three hours and 12 minutes I think it was Um, they also noticed that each play was on average about four four seconds each play Hmm. so and essentially they break it down right and they say oh well throughout the game the real football we were watching is about 11 minutes and then they also point out that we watch replays and players before the snap, after the snap, just kind of loitering on the field, coaches too. We watch over 17 minutes of that footage. So we watch more footage of them not doing anything than a man actually playing. Then they also noted that it, they take 20 um, advertisement breaks, 20 advertisement breaks, and we see at least 100 advertisements in each game. Now, obviously, that's going to be a lot of money. And obviously, packing the stand is a lot of money, too, with the entryway. But now they're not going to have that either. So, yes, to the point of what Chris is making, the control behind that is very scary. Because now we're going into, okay, how are they going to get the money? Are they going to be charging just like the NBA? They have the virtual audience now where you can send in your your little, you know, you and your face or you're doing something like cheering on a team or whatever. Are they going to start charging that? Are they going to say, hey, we're, for you to watch this game, you're going to have to go through the streaming service in which we'll charge you. Or if you want to buy a seat, we'll put a camera here on the seat and we're going to charge you for that seat. And virtually, you could be here. They're going to find a way to get that money, guys. And also, in a bubble environment, we're going to have to see how many games we can fill in one game or one day, excuse me. Um, the NBA, I mean, I think they're doing a pretty good job with that. But is it really efficient with, I mean, they're not, they don't have the full 30 teams out there. 
MLB doesn't have the th- uh, the full 30 teams either when they go into the playoff season. In the NFL, they got 32 teams. So it's like, I mean, how efficient can they really be um, by throwing in all these games in one day? I mean, are they going to take out all the advertisements? Are they going to take down all that de- that that just delay of time and in is meaningless you know i highly doubt that but that's something i was pointing out um earlier or to a friend of mine and uh it's just interesting the control that they would have behind the bubble and where we go from there is scary it's the it's the introduction of the technological control control grid and they're using the virus as the excuse to implement it whether you believe the virus is super contagious or 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 whatnot is kind of a side issue because all you got to do is even if you believe all the case count numbers that they've counted because there has been tons and tons and tons of cases of false positives just take uh, uh stafford on, on the lions he 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 was positive and then two three days later like oh wait no sorry you're, you're negative right. uh there's multiple hospitals in florida where they were having like a hundred percent positive rates and they're like hey this is maybe something's wrong here we're not actually everyone's not actually positive so, I mean, even if just at face value, you take the numbers straight off the CDC website, you take the amount of deaths and you divide it by the amount of total cases and you get your death rate. I did that like two days ago and the death rate is 0.031, 0.031. This is not a deadly virus. If no. you're going just at face value off the CDC numbers, this virus is not out there killing people in massive droves. It's killing older people. It's killing people with pre-existing conditions. There might be a few one-off cases here or there where it affects people for longer, but to shut down society, to implement this control grid is completely ridiculous. This is why they're using the NBA to start this whole bubble quarantine zone concept so that they can track and trace every single citizen. And you have to have, uh, where's your papers? Where's your papers? You know, it's, it's the same crap you saw in Nazi Germany. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, definitely the... Where's your app? Where's your app? That's definitely the the the, the worst case scenario. And, and I think that's kind of uh, maybe Chris and my, my argument that that what it's doing is it's 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 lessening the... It's it's making the idea easier to wrap your head around that's um, it. For, for, for you as an individual. I, I, you know, as far as the bubble in, in regards to NBA, NHL and all of that, is concerned. I understand why they did it. It makes sense why they did it. And uh, it has seemingly been successful. At the same time, I think that Major League Baseball uh, teams that are going out and and still touring around the country uh, uh, and the players happen to get the virus, ultimately, I think that that's just the natural way that this virus is going to, 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 I mean, it's, it's, it's herd immunity. People get sick all the time. Exactly. And the death (laughs) rate is so small that it's actually no, I mean, really it's, it's, it's no threat to the players themselves and probably the majority of the staff and, and the people involved. There are those that it is a threat to those with pre-existing conditions, man, you should be inside, you know, you shouldn't be out at the ballpark. You know, you shouldn't be yep. working with the teams like you should if you are if you have a legitimate uh, a pre-existing condition that that is a serious concern, y- you need to do what you need to do to stay out of the way of this. Yep. That the doesn't flu- mean that deadly. we all need to stay out of the way of it. The flu, pneumonia, that's that's very deadly, especially for for older people in nursing homes. You know, this has been going on since the beginning of time, since the beginning of mankind. There's been viruses. It's only now where we've had this whole lockdown now we've got these bubbles coming there's a bigger game going on and that's what we're trying to point out here it's not just simply about a a a novel virus uh how about this is it is it the chicken or the egg and what i mean by that is well it's is it but is it the is it is it the nba bubble uh created out of response to this pandemic and that the success or the potential manipulation sparks um, ideas of control in those who um, motivations may be questionable, uh, specifically in politics, or was the agenda already there from the start where this is um, an opportunity to, you know, one's a little more uh, uh, conspiracy theory heavy, 
um, while the other one might just have be be more organic in nature. Uh, what do you guys think? I think that we're in some scary times at at this moment, and there's some uh, uh um uh, there's a lot of mystery. There's a lot of we don't understand the virus in in full, and I think it's brand new, and that's why you get this chaotic like response. Um, I do I think it's uh, like uh, uh to to what you, what you're asking um. I think that uh, a lot of the un the unknown of what may happen or it will occur is really what's fridging up, fringing upon uh, people's minds, um, and that's what's creating this like chaos, this kind of like fear of where do we go, where do we do from, uh, where do we go from here? Um, I I don't know if it's a big conspiracy. It's just a matter of what you believe and how how it came to be in the first part. Like, do you think it's man-made? Do you think it's natural? Do you think um, we're doing this to uh, preserve and, and keep everybody healthy and away from this? Um, do you think that we're going to come out with an honest and, and, and honorable vaccine to where that actually is going to uh, be the cure or prevent um, where we can, you know, or, or are we just going to shoot up people with a, with a vaccine that's not even real? Like, uh, where it, it's just, there's so many questions that are open and it's scary, scary times right now. But, um, uh, that as far as the technology, I mean, we're already in advanced technology. China was already tracking down people that had got the virus and they could track them 14 days prior through their phone. Obviously, you know, that, and, um, Anybody that they came in contact, they can know who's in the same vicinity through their phones. And so they can quarantine those people. They had already done that. Yeah. And scary thing, though, when freedom starts to dro- to fade away in the name of safety. Um, yeah. We got to move yeah. on. But, Chris, yeah. I'm going to give you the last uh, word with this. Yeah. I mean, because it's a good question. Uh, chicken or the egg, you know, is the bubble just organic? Um, I, I think the lockdown kind of proves the point to where the NBA was the first one to do the lockdown. And then everything else followed suit. Why were they the first ones to do it? So I, I think the bubble kind of proves that, yeah, they're, they're the UFC had Fighter it. Island. Um, at, but at the same time, you're looking at China, that this is where this virus comes from. You got the NBA that's been in bed with China. You've got the whole China USA trade war that's been going on. There's, there's a whole lot of other things going on in this world that, that seem to kind of tie together. Um, so, I mean, who can really say for sure, but it's, it's, uh, I'm definitely looking more at the, uh, the agenda side of this and, and to the bubble concept, I mean, we got to burst this thing. We can't be having kids at school being quarantined. We can't be having big cities saying you can't travel from one city to the next without no. pre-approval. We can't be, be contact traced and having apps on our phones tracing everywhere we go all the time. Anyone that we come in contact with, we can't be being told what stores we can and can't shop at like these kids that are going to that university. And that that's really what we want to prevent here. We can't have sheriffs posted at bridges and tunnelways, uh, <laughs> pulling over people without estate plates. I mean, there is a fourth amendment. We do have a right to travel and, yeah. uh, uh, you know, where's, like you said, where's your papers? Right. In this case, they're filling out papers, but, uh, <laughs> keep, keep in mind guys, UFC came out with fighter Island as well before the NBA. And that's a lot like the bubble but they just call it something different. Yeah. I, yeah. Dana White yeah. is a, uh, he, he's a genius businessman for sure. And definitely, you know, I, I, I don't, and I just want to reiterate personally, I don't, I don't fault any of the leagues for doing what they're doing. It's, it's just, an, it's an interesting thing to think about for all of you uh, out there uh, listening uh, and watching this podcast, uh, wherever you may be, that um, there are definitely agendas afoot. And it's, it's to me, it just seems like, uh, you know, certain leagues, especially the NBA as of late has been oh, yeah. a, Interesting testing field yeah. and not even mentioning dish. BLM. Yeah. Well, I mean, exactly. You're not even getting into that, you know? Yes. Uh, <laughs> so uh, let's go ahead and move on. But first, we'd like you to invite you to join the agenda to sideline the agenda by subscribing to our videos. Hit the notification bell to be notified when we go live and uh, follow us on Twitter at sideline agenda. And you can also follow us on Instagram and parlor at sideline the agenda sideline the agenda sports podcast done right all right gents moving on to our second topic Stipe Miocic defeated Daniel Comier via a unanimous decision to retain the UFC heavyweight title 
in the main event of UFC 252 on Saturday night in Las Vegas. Miocic increased his record of most title defenses in UFC heavyweight history with the victory. And this was the third fight between the two men, and Miocic broke the tie, winning the trilogy. So, what did you think about the fight? Yeah, I mean, it was... uh... It, it was kind of typical of some trilogy fights, especially when in the first two fights they, they've knocked each other out. Um, they they both were a little more careful uh, knowing what the other guy was bringing. I mean, obviously the familiarity after two fights, you're, you're definitely going to know there as well. So there's a lot more uh, being a little more careful. Um, I was surprised Cormier didn't try to take him to the ground as, as much. He, he tried to a little bit in that first round. But I was surprised he didn't keep going back to it, especially with the smaller ring. He kind of stood, and uh, you know they're they're mostly trading for for the most of the fight. It's close fight. Uh, lots of people had it tied up going into the last round. Um, Cormier did take a pretty significant uh, poke to the eye, but I mean Miocic got poked as well. Even Dana White was saying, "Hey, you guys can't look at the poke or blame the poke. It, it was it was a good hard fought bout." Um, Miocic definitely kept you know stayed strong for, uh, throughout the fight i thought he kind of figured him out a little bit in that second fight that's why i was expecting cormier to really kind of take him down more try to use his wrestling more because i i think that mo- once miocic or figured him out in the second fight that he was going to be able to, to beat him standing up and it, it turned into a mostly a standing up miocic was able to you know, pin him against the fence quite a bit keep it standing uh, not making it a mat match. And uh, in our predictions, we both said that that he would have the advantage if it was going to be standing up. We both kind of thought that Cormier was going to try and take him down a little bit more than he did. Um, but, I mean, congrats to both fighters. Uh, Cormier is probably going to be retiring. He did announce his retirement. Is he going to stay retired? We'll see. I kind of hope so. Um, he's had an outstanding career. Miocic, he's the GOAT, UFC GOAT, the most defenses and ironically, uh, they're talking about him going up against, uh, was it Nag- Nagano? It's hard to pronounce that guy's name. <laughs> and uh, possibly even John Jones. But it's funny because he's actually rated as an underdog <laughs> against those guys. Like, how can you be the GOAT UFC heavyweight champ? Most of oh, he, he ra- He's rated yeah, he's, he's, he's he's the like an underdog, the betting what? underdog. He's always the betting underdog for some reason. <laughs> but that's kind of funny. But uh, yeah, it's a great fight. Uh, not as action-packed as I was kind of expecting, but again, with with third bouts like this, both guys tasted each other's power. They're going to be a little more a little more careful. Yeah, talk about a sport that that does miss the fans. Yeah, oh absolutely. yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. but but that said, I I still love it. Like I, I I I love the unique experience of of not having fans around. It just it just puts a different feel to the to the sport. Kevin, what did yeah, you think? Absolutely. DC, yeah, DC got saved by the bell. Let's be honest. Oh, that's <laughs> true. Second round. That's true. He would have been KO'd. Stipe would have knocked him out. If he had had 10, 15 seconds more, DC nights out. See you later. So I'm glad Stipe won. I want to point out that I was completely – if you watched the episode last week, which you should have because should be subscribed. If you watched it, I was completely wrong with my whole estimate, my whole prediction. <laughs> I thought DC was going to be the one laying on him, putting his body weight on him. Um, but it was actually Stipe. He was leaning on him, putting his body weight on him against the fence. Um, Stipe, they did. They both got their blows, man. They both yeah. they both poked each other, but they both got their hits. I mean, the chin on DC and the chin on Stipe, we talked about glass jaw. No, that that was answered. Um, great fight, guys. I, this is exactly what we anticipated. Exactly what we were geared up for. I think it served, and uh, it just it 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 just breeded a successful fight to all the fight fans. It was just um, some some nice to watch. Um, I hope DC doesn't retire. But in his words, you know, um, hey, if he's not gonna get a title shot, then uh, why why go out there? So. No, he's definitely definitely proved himself uh, (laughs) over his career. I'll say this. I mean, I I said last time uh, that, you know, obviously I don't I don't really follow the UFC closely and it's not because I have anything against the UFC. I just I just I don't follow it. And uh, I really did appreciate kind of getting your guys takes and your guys setup because I felt like I knew what I was looking at. And I was especially when I was uh, noticing some of uh, Stipe's body shots to DC. Yeah, uh, he landed yeah. a couple of good ones, and yeah. um, I, I was I was like, oh yeah, okay, I remember Chris uh, uh, talking about that. 
Um, yeah, so, that was the game changer in that second bout for sure. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm glad Kevin brought up that point. I don't know why that I, that slipped my mind, but he totally had him. End of the second round, Cormier was saved by the bell for sure. Stipe had him. He even said in the post game or the post fight, he's like, "Oh yeah, he was totally gone." So after the second round, he he had him. And in the beginning of the third round, he tried to press the press the issue a little bit. But I mean, hats off to Cormier. He's one tough sob, you know, and he was able to hang in there. And uh, you know, make it a full full bout. Well, Kevin already answered this, but uh, what do you think there, Chris? Do you think Cormier should uh, retire? Yeah, I, I think he should. I mean, he's what forty one. Yeah, usually once you, get, especially in a sport like that, you start getting above the forties, you're going to start losing that extra little millisecond that makes such a huge difference in those type of of sports, those those combat sports. Uh, you know, it's the difference from dodging a punch to getting hit flush on the chin. Um, he, he's had such an amazing career. Uh, we mentioned it in the last episode. Uh, I believe Kevin brought it up that he's got so many different things lined up where he's going to be still successful, still raking in the dough, uh, commentating, coaching, really whatever he wants to do. So, I mean, why go out there and take that punishment again? He did take a pretty significant poke in the eye. I, I, I thought I heard something about possibly a detached cornea oh, wow. um, or retina, excuse me. Um, but maybe that was a different fighter, but, um, I would, I would say stay retired unless they're going to come out and say, Hey, uh, how about another trilogy about you and John Jones again? Uh, but I, I another, I another see. trilogy he would yeah, take yeah, that. Yeah. He would yeah, take I mean, that too. Yeah. yeah. I mean that I would, I mean, hats off to him again, if he would take that because he got, got knocked out pretty bad from John Jones last time. But John Jones is trying to come up to heavyweight. So I mean maybe they would make it a heavyweight bout instead of light heavyweight. I think that would be intriguing. You would have uh Steep A versus uh Nagano. Nagano. Uh, yeah, Nagano. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Uh as as the next heavyweight title bout. And then you could have John Jones Cormier three at heavyweight. That would be very intriguing. And then you could even do the winners of those matches face off again. But would we really see a, a DC Stipe four? Uh, I, mean, I mean, who knows if DC somehow beat John Jones? I mean, I guess. Uh, but I think it, it's probably going to go. Uh, John Jones will will wait his turn and and eventually face the winner of the next heavyweight championship bout. Uh, and I think DC will probably stay retired. So yeah, that scenario, we'll uh, DC would be uh, fighting when he's like Tyson's age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. with a steep uh, a4 what do you think uh, about that kevin uh john jones what do you think about that uh proposal uh chris just came up with be awesome trilogy fight i think carmier would be out of his element but um because just like chris said i think he'd be you lose a step at 41 um but john jones is trying to up the ante move up in weights uh be something interesting to see i don't think that a winner should fight uh, get a title fight be honest with you i i think everyone's kind of jumping on the john jones heavyweight title fight already let's give him a couple heavyweight fights before he steps up to stipe um i would like to see him uh fight some um uh uh i would like to see him fight brock lesnar that didn't go through but um <laughs> that that would have been nice or at least have a, a a fanfare you know fans would love to have seen that and he called him out already I know that was a couple of years ago, but uh, definitely missed the boat on that one. But uh, I was definitely wrong with with um, Sugar Show, and I'm changing the subject on you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with John Jones, guys, honestly. Dana White, but I was completely wrong with Sugar Show. I don't know what happened with him, Sean O'Malley. He, I was watching all the tweets that every, all the ex-fighters were in there. <laughs> they were getting in his ass. They were, oh, well, Sugar Show is now gone. The show is now over. This is what happened. You have a lot of hype. And um, I don't know if he twists his ankle or if he just Yeah, he seemed to have yeah, some kind of weird injury or something. Yeah. Um, it yeah. was just anti-climatic. He was stepping <laughs> forward, and it seemed like he he rolled his ankle, and that was pretty much it from that moment on. Yeah, you can't move your sitting duck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just that was like the fight of the bad hair too. Yeah, <laughs> with, the, got with, the, with the clown with the clown color, and then the other clown across the way who ended up winning with his you know razor's edges and. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like a costume party half the time. I guess that's part of the entertainment value. So, 
<laughs> but all a good fight, uh, uh, and and uh, definitely uh, uh, Cormier's future will be bright. And like you guys mentioned, whether that is in oh. the ring or uh, behind the broadcast booth, and I'm sure that he's definitely considering that. So let's move on to the NBA. The Los Angeles Lakers bubble trouble continues during their first game in the first round of the NBA playoffs as they struggled against the Portland Trailblazers in a 100-93 loss on Tuesday. Damian Lillard dropped 34 points to LeBron's 23, making LeBron making his first playoff debut as a Laker. So are the Lakers... uh, at risk of losing in the first round and what would that do if they did what would that do to lebron's legacy <laughs> it would not be good that's for sure that would be a major major blow to his quote legacy if it doesn't already have enough uh chinks in that armor but uh yeah i mean i i still think the lakers are going to pull this one out if i was if i was a, a betting man uh six i mean it might go seven but uh, I think Dame Lillard, Lillard might have been uh, watching one of our uh, our fair or foul segments when we said, you know, after the Clippers that that whole thing happened, and uh, I was like, why don't you guys just you know handle your beasts out there on the court? He's been on a tear ever since. Wow. He's had several like fifty point games, forty uh, point games. Uh, they've been winning. Uh, they took the first game. They're the eight seed. And they took the first game from the the number one seed, big powerhouse LeBron team. I don't know. Maybe LeBron's focusing too much on the politics. You know, he's got his whole get up. He's trying to get his attention that way before the game. How about you focus on the game? How about you focus on winning? That will be the best for your legacy is actually winning. Um, but do, are they in trouble by the Blazers? Uh, I mean, it was still pretty close coming down to those last four or five minutes or so. Blazers hit a couple timely threes. Lakers just missed a few shots. You know that that happens. I still missed think a the few Lakers... shots, man. They missed a bunch of shots. True. They had terrible True, but, shooting percentage. But they were they were, they were still you know within reach uh, even with that. So I, I would still think that they would pull this series out. They're the number one seed for for a reason. But they need to take advantage of their size. Um, we talked about it one of our, our earlier episodes that not having Avery Bradley there does definitely hurt a little bit. But with Anthony Davis, with LeBron James, with the whole rest of that roster, you should not have much trouble with with the Blazers. You should be able to get them out. I mean, you lost the first one, but you should still be able to get them out in six. Um, so are they in trouble? I mean, we'll see after game two. If they lose game two, they're definitely in trouble. We have already seen LeBron sowing the seeds of doubt. Uh, he's been planting his little excuse seeds and and if things go south you know he'll start growing those and and he'll have plenty of ammo for his his uh his billions of minions out there to uh (laughs) to go with but i think he was saying something like oh we've got some off-court issues blah 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 yeah maybe it's the politics maybe you're thinking about too too much political stuff um so i I don't think they're in too much trouble maybe he's still trying to get maybe he's still trying to get kuzma traded (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> farewell yeah, tour. Uh, I it's mean, farewell tour yeah yeah but with with anthony davis like like one of our earlier episodes we're talking about scotty pippen saying you've got to feed the beast he's got to be the guy everything's got to go through so it, it shouldn't all fall on lebron um yeah because when he's but, not yeah. when they're not going through ad it, to me it just makes look it just makes they're, it makes the brow look like the soft the big soft man you know, yeah, like like the big absolutely. soft man on court, and 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 so I, again, I I always just get so confused by by the this style of play where they they'd rather you know try to uh, you know lob up three pointers, um, opposed to just working it inside the paint constantly and consistently. I, I don't know what's so hard about that. Yeah, they're they're easier to guard when they're not going through eighty like that. I mean, it, at least just have if you're going to be going up from the top, at least just pick and roll with LeBron and Anthony Davis all day, all game. How are you going to stop that? I mean, you you can't stop that. You're going to have to double somebody. Someone's going to be wide open for three, or someone can roll to the bucket. You're not going to stop Anthony Davis or LeBron the freight trains to the, the to the bucket. You don't have enough size on the Blazers. So, I mean, it's interesting. The Blazers got the momentum. They've got the fire. They've been in playoff mode the last week plus. Lillard has been on a tear. If he can keep this going, I mean, maybe they'll just run into the the wrong team, the wrong player at the wrong time. But this would be – I think this would probably be the biggest upset in in playoff history as far as a one versus an eight seed. I think we saw in 
I want to say it was 2007, if memory serves, uh, Dallas Mavericks falling to the uh, Golden State Warriors. Dallas was the number one seed. They won like 65, 67 games, something like that. Yeah, you get our they, they got beat that. by the, they got beat by the Warriors. Uh, that was a major upset, but they didn't have no LeBron James on the team, no Anthony Davis on the team. So if Portland does pull this out, I'm calling biggest upset ever, and this would be another huge blemish on LeBron's track record. He could definitely not ever be considered no kind of goat in no way. He's got the last two sweeps in the finals, one in 07 and one like two years ago plus several other finals losses. And if he gets bumped out as the, after he was bragging so much about, hey, I came out West and I got the number one seed. Y'all gonna say, I couldn't do this out here in the West because it's so much tougher out here. I love Look how he can now. I should be MVP because we're number one in the West. I love how he's all about that. <laughs> I love how he skips over that first year he came. Yeah, he's like, I, I came out, I messed with the West. I got number one seed, you know, I, I should be MVP for that. So if he gets the number one seed and then goes through and loses to the eight seed, Oh my gosh, that, that would be definitely a huge blemish on his career for sure. Yeah, Damian Lillard, that's the bubble MVP. Um, yeah. He's been yep. putting up points no like crazy, coming out with am ammunition, ready to fire. Uh, right. He's not getting enough credit. I honestly think that uh, AD has just didn't show up, obviously. He, he scored 21 points in the first half and finished with 28. I mean, that's just not going back not into enough. him. That's the reason why they lost the game. Yeah, they were missing shots, but they just simply stopped going to AD. I think it's pretty sim simple to see. Now, LeBron, I think that he's going to have a great matchup with Carmelo. I think we're, Carmelo hit that big three, uh, was it within two minutes, uh, yeah, two and a half minutes of, of the last fourth of the fourth quarter. He hit a big three. He had a big um, quarter out of CJ McCollum in the third quarter, and, and the daily just kind of shut it out. And I don't know if they could do that every night, but it's fun to see um, the matchup between Carmelo and LeBron going back and forth. But I think the Lakers will be all right. Uh, once they start draining a couple threes, um, Green had a lot of open misses. Um, if they go back to AD in the, in the paint, you know, in, in the fourth quarter, um, I think he'll take out, uh, take a, take a victory, take you to, uh, take you to yeah, win. I agree. I, I think they should still be able to get him out in six. I mean, the Blazers might be able to pull out one more, but I mean, the Lakers should be able to get this done in six. I mean, seven at the most, but it, it's yeah. just, it's just, it they is should. Kind of funny. They should be, they, <laughs> they should, should get it done in five. But yeah, I mean, there's no home court advantage. So they, you know, we're stranger things as, you know, we've, we're seeing like Dallas just put a beating on uh, the Clippers and everyone's really picking the Clippers to kind of win this thing. Well, lots of people are. So, you know, one game, it is a long series, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. It's Yeah, Paul Pierce already mentioned that the GOAT discussion should be over. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, they, if I, he I loses mean, this, it should, I mean, it should have been over, but I will give over credit. Like 10, yeah, 10 I will give ago. credit to Paul Pierce. <laughs> uh, he had already stated that, you know, a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago. He was like, he's not even in the top five. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, Laker history. No. Which he's not, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. I, I I think that they they should they should close it out. I don't know if they will. I mean, again, uh, that whole live by die by the three thing, you know, that 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 really gets to you and, and really tends to sneak up with, on you in the playoffs. And I think that it really comes down to, you know, the bench and the bench productivity, but also whether or not they're going to work it through AD. I mean, not to just continue to 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 jump on um scotty pippen's uh, uh statement but I, I think he's absolutely right with this i mean if he if they're not going to work the ball absolutely. through ad and and they're not going to run their offense through him um i i think that i think that they can get beat by a team like portland because if anything portland has the heart and they have the desire and uh, I don't know if it was the heckling from the uh, Los Angeles Clippers bench um, that woke a sleeping dragon, but Damian Lillard is on fire, as yep. as we've stated before, and um, he, he it just doesn't seem to to to, to cease like that that guy's that guy's lobbing him up from half court, and they're going <laughs> no, in no. like like they're a you know a twelve footer. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's something to see. And so I, I do really do believe that if this, if they do upset the Lakers and I think a lot of people are kind of rooting for that. And admittedly a Laker fan here is kind of rooting for that. I kind of more of a LeBron hater than I'm a Laker lover. Um, but at the same time, the story of Portland coming into this situation and them just going on a tear like they have and having being the eight seed, but having to battle uh, with Memphis and to get to this this round 
of of playoffs to 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 then take on the Los Angeles Lakers, you know, the one seeder in their first game, come out victorious. If they can continue that momentum, whew, yeah, arguably, it's a David argue, versus Glass story for sure. Arguably, they're missing the Zach Collins too, their third best player. He didn't, he's not even playing. So we'll see if he comes back in the series and really change the dynamic. Yeah, I think the main thing that we just do not want to see is any any excuses. I mean, go out there, leave it on the court, the, let the better team win. We just do not want to see all the people trying to make excuses for these guys, especially LeBron, especially when you're trying to make excuses for yourself. Go out there, get it done, no excuses, win or lose. If you, if you want all the glory for being the champ, if you want to be crowned the GOAT, you want to keep putting yourself in that conversation and, and receive all the glory for, uh, you know, I'm the one seed in the West. I've made the finals so many years in a row out of the East. I, I should still deserve the glory for all that. If you want all the glory for that, then you got to accept, you know, the losses too that with the same. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point because I, I, I've been saying like uh, the one thing that I wish I could see a, a, a reporter did the second that they ended up in the bubble, if they made a beeline to Le- LeBron James, who was sitting pretty one seed, you know, probably feeling pretty confident, pretty cocky about the situation and yeah. got him said, OK, LeBron, whoever wins this, is this an asterisk kind of situation? <laughs> does does this does this win does this championship carry the same weight as a regular season win regular season championship does it count just as much or just as equal as all the other ones that uh, you've wanted and have had you know what i'm saying like yeah. i they needed to put him on record because i can mm-hmm. guarantee you if they lose He's going to start to slowly say, oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. You can't really count this. It was because <laughs> of the bubble and all this right. unique situation, not normal, dot, 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 blah, blah, blah. And, uh, uh, man, he's going to he's going to be sour on whoever ends up winning this thing. And, yeah, and, and if you would answer your question truthfully, he would say, well, it depends on if I win it or not. Well, exactly, yeah, in that <laughs> if moment. If I win it, then, oh, no. It's, 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 if I win, it's totally it legit. Yeah, I'm the GOAT. But if I'm I lose, no, I'd no, win it, but asterisk, not, yeah, just asterisk, put it, yeah, 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 you slap an asterisk. Yeah. Right, so I didn't have players on my team. There's no fans. There's no home court. It was, it, yeah. No, I couldn't see my family. Who knows? Uh, Oh, man, it's so true. (laughs) It's so true. All right. Well, uh, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. And um, my God, it's going to be definitely interesting for sure. So let's move on to fair or foul. Hot takes on hot topics in sports. Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields starts petition to relaunch Big Ten season. Uh, Chris, I'm going to start with you. Do you think this is fair or foul? absolutely fair this is one of the topics we talked about in depth last week these kids they want to play they don't want to go along with this the the big 10 agenda uh of shutting down they're like why this is silly we're out here we're we're getting tested we're following all these guidelines we're safe we want to play so good for him for launching a a petition kevin what do you think fair or foul yeah, he's potentially a, oh, he's a junior now, so upperclassman. He should be playing. He needs to be out on the field. He needs to pack those stats. This is fair. So uh, sticking with the NCAA, uh, NCAA Council recommending 2020 fall sports athletes retain year of eligibility. What do you think there, Kevin? Is this fair or foul? Yeah, this is also fair. I'm knocking this also fair. And Kev, uh, Chris, what do you think there? Fair or <laughs> no, foul? Yeah, I mean, it's just... Yeah, absolutely. Totally fair. I mean, it's only right if you're going to take away their their ability to play, which is pretty much why they're there in the first place. In most of these cases, their scholarships, you need to take that away from them. It's not right for you then to send them off and say, all right, you can't come back next year. Yeah, that's definitely fair. I'm glad they thought of that. Fair enough. Major League Baseball tells Red starter Trevor Bauer he will be disciplined if he wears special cleats in support of Dodgers pitcher Joe Kelly. Chris, what do you think, fair foul? Uh, I I guess it's fair because technically against it's against the rules, but I'm going foul. This is the MLB <laughs> just trying to save some face on a dumb suspension, suspending a guy that did not even hit anybody that when they're out there trying to protect those Astros and they don't want to get made fun of by another pitcher on another team. <laughs> what do you think there, Kevin, about the tribute cleats? Fair or foul? You know, I'm a big fan of tradition. I'm a big fan of unified uh, uniforms. So in the dress policy, if no team can have any calligraphy or any kind of 
spontaneous, like weird, you know, uh, caricatures on their shoes, then this is fair. Good job, MLB. But if this is just you saving your face, then this is foul. You yeah, if it, was, if it was BLM on their cleats, would they allow it? Oh, I'm not going to touch that. All right. Raiders, good John question. Gruden calls backup quarterback Marcus Mariota dazzling playmaker. Chris, what do you think? Is this fair or foul? Yeah, this is John Gruden at his best, I guess. Uh, this is this is fair. He's trying to stoke the competition from David Carr, trying to light that fire under him because he is his number one starter. But he's saying, hey, I got a guy right behind you that's pretty darn good, too. He's dazzling. What do you think there, Kevin? What a fair, fair foul from Gruden. It is fair. He's a good time coach. You know, this is, <laughs> this is someone that's going to bring the best out of somebody. But um, he might be better than than um, what's his face? Uh, Carr? Carr. Really? He might be. He might Marcus be. Marcus Mariota? This In sounds, Oakland? This sounds, like, this sounds like Monday Night Football Joe Gruden where he's like, this guy's the most <laughs> dynamic football player in the world. I think, I think I see him starting in Oakland better than Carr. All right, fair enough. We'll see what happens. Okay, moving or sticking with the NFL, uh, Dallas Cowboys using popsicles as a way to cool off players. What do you think here, Kevin? Fair foul. I mean, this is fair if you want to do that. This is foul because it's just dumb, but who am I to say? Do what you got to do. Sit on your mom's lap and slurp on a popsicle. What do you think here, Chris? <laughs> fair or foul, Dallas Cowboys? Yes, yeah, so the reasoning is to lower the core temperature of these guys is as if the Dallas Cowboys doesn't have enough money to have some places where they could just jump in like an ice bath or something. <laughs> this is silly, but I mean, you want to feed the men popsicles? Fair, go for it. Well, you could always do the man thing and actually just drink drink water all right and uh, last but not least Altuve asked Dusty Baker to drop him in the lineup Kevin is this fair or foul this is fair Altuve you suck you need to be lower in the lineup this is what you get for cheating you should be batting ninth <laughs> buzz, 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 buzz. all right uh, uh, Chris uh, what do you think fair or foul yeah fair I mean Way to have some self-awareness there by batting. Yeah, he should be batting ninth in the single A at this point. <laughs> single A. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, 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 get get his, uh, I don't know, uh, a Morris code. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. His buzzer. Yeah, yeah. exactly. All right. Well, that that's going to do it for us. Uh, thank you for joining us. Sideline the agenda of the podcast, exposing woke sports, sports, sports culture, both on and off the field of play. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe our podcast on YouTube and Apple Podcasts and uh, follow us on Twitter, Parlor, and Instagram. My name is Scott. That's Kevin. That's Chris. This is Sideline the Agenda Podcast. Done right.